0: Life Audio. Today we're looking at God as our protector in Psalm 144, and I think no matter where you're at in your life, that idea of God as our protector resonates with us because inevitably, all of us will go through seasons where we need that protection. If we haven't just come out of a season like that, it's honestly just a matter of time before we head into a season like that, because that's part of the human experience. And so if we can remember this idea of God as our protector. And some of the metaphors that we're going to explore today, I think it will really encourage you the next time you're facing something like that. Stay tuned. I really think this episode's going to bless you. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are walking through Psalm 144. And as I said at the onset of today's episode, this psalm has a lot of war language in it, and it helps us understand the role of God as our protector. I think that many of us have gone through seasons where we needed that protection, and understanding that role of God as our protector is so helpful. We're going to be reading from, let's see, the NIV today, and if you are just joining us, I just want to let you know we're actually at the tail end of our psalms study, where we've been doing one psalm a day throughout 150 of these psalms. We're at one 44. So like I said, we're at the very end. But every day, if you look in the show notes, there's a journaling prompt that I add, because I think journaling is a really good way to help you get this information from your head into your heart. Once a week on Mondays, I send out a list of all of those five episodes for the week and all of those journaling prompts so you can have them all together in one spot. And then if you would like previous episodes, you can go to the resources section of my website. That's slash resources. And you can look for the guided Psalms journals. Again, just more resources to help you grow in your relationship with the Lord. Today I'm reading at Psalm 144, starting at verse 1. This is a psalm of David. Praise be to the Lord, my rock who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. He is my loving God and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield in whom I take refuge, who subdues peoples under me. Lord, what are human beings that you care for them, mere mortals that you think of them? They are like a breath. Their days are like a fleeting shadow. Part your heavens, Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains so that they smoke. Send forth lightning and scatter the enemy. Shoot your arrows and rout them. Reach down your hand from on high. Deliver me and rescue me from the mighty waters, from the hands of foreigners whose mouths are full of lies, whose right hands are deceitful. I will sing a new song to you, my God, on the 10 string lyre. I will make music to you, to the one who gives victory to kings, who delivers his servant David. From the deadly sword, deliver me, rescue me from the hands of foreigners. Whose mouths are full of lies, whose right hands are deceitful. Then our sons in their youth will be like well nurtured plants, and our daughters will be like pillars carved to adorn a palace. Our barns will be filled with every kind of provision. Our sheep will increase by thousands, by tens of thousands in our fields. Our oxen will draw heavy loads. There will be no breaching of walls, no going into captivity, no cry of distress in our streets. Blessed is the people of whom this is true. Blessed is the people whose God is the Lord. Now, Psalm 144 has a lot of powerful imagery that we're going to discuss, but a lot of it, as you may recognize, is this military kind of verbiage. Psalm 44 is a royal psalm and It is a Psalm where the king is praising God for the warring activity of God that is on the behalf of his kingdom. So the Lord is the protector of the king and he guards this community. And so in verses five through eight, there's a suggestion that there is a crisis that is currently going on and the psalmist as the king is asking God to respond to this crisis. He wants God to help distract this enemy, and then there's this reflection on the condition of those that God saves from trouble and the blessing that that is. There's a lot of similarities in Psalm 144 to Psalm 18, and so you can go back and read that if you like, but while there is a lot of similarities, there are some key differences that we want to point out. So in Psalm 18, the opening is very similar, and there's a description of how God descends from the heavens, that's very, very similar. So in Psalm 18, that's verse 1, and then that's compared to verse 1 and 2 in Psalm 144. And then in Psalm 18, the sections of 5 through 15 is very similar to what we see in Psalm 144 verses 5 through 8. So you can go back and compare that if you like. But one of the key differences that I think we see between Psalm 144 and Psalm 18 is that the psalmist, which is David, in both of these psalms, so both Psalm 18 and and Psalm 144 are royal psalms that are written by David. In Psalm 18, David is thanking God for saving him. But in this psalm, Psalm 144, David is requesting that God saves him. So there's a little bit of a difference. In both, David as king worships God, and he refers to him as a warring God. And you have to remember David's role in the military. And so a lot of these metaphors are seen through this lens of David as a military man. And so the metaphors that he uses are indicating God's ability to protect. The military language is this indication of how David is seeing God's hand of provision and protection in the middle of these difficult circumstances. And so he talks about the fortress, and then he talks about the stronghold, then he talks about God as deliverer, and then he talks about God as shield. God as rock is not necessarily a military term, but it is a tor- term or a metaphor for protection. Because if you think about the experiences that David had, where did he hide a lot? He literally would hide within the cleft of the rock. We just talked a couple of days ago about being in the cave. So that place that God would hide him or that David would hide and wait for God happened a lot during his military experiences. But again, that rock is this metaphor for protection. And then we we learn about how God is the rock. David says, you're the rock that are, is higher than I. We see that in Psalm 61. And remember, the rock-faced cliff is usually a place that provides this safety from an attack, not just with the psalmist, but also with other people that were facing that kind of attack in that culture that was known as a common place for them to hide. And so what David is doing is he's taking his battle skills and he's looking at them through this lens of God as the protector in the midst of battle. And as a result of all that, he's talking about God's protection and even the way that he has trained David, the way God has trained David to respond in the sense of attack. And I think that's important because like I said, at the beginning of today's show, if you have not recently come out of some sort of trial or attack or, you know, quote unquote war, it's usually only a matter of time before that's going to happen whether that is physically emotionally spiritually you know or all of the above and so the in between time becomes our training time and just as god trained david god trains us so that we can have the tools to sustain us in battle before the battle gets here i love that because as god's role of protector it's not just responding when those things happen but training us up to have that strength of character that strength in our spiritual life before those attacks come. And remember, all of that flow from God's love, God's said We've been talking about said as in God's loyalty, the love of God that's loyal. And we've been talking about that through all the last probably 50 Psalms. But that root word, that said, that loving kindness of God, it's the loyalty that flows out of that covenant that God has with his people. I think we're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, we'll continue unpacking the rest of this psalm. Stay tuned. The next thing I wanted to point out is verses three and four, where it's this idea of what are human beings. And similar to some of the other psalms, what David is doing here is really marveling at the level of concern that God has for people in the sense of like, what even are we compared to who you are in spite of the fact that humans are just this temporary creation and we're like a breath or a passing shadow yet the God of the universe still longs to be in relationship with us and serves as our protector. And I think that's important for us to even just recognize who God is compared to who we are. And yet we still see his hand involved in our lives, that desire for him to be intimately involved in our lives. And then moving on to verses five through eight, the prayer of come down, Lord. You know, in Psalm 18, which is what we were comparing Psalm 144 to, that is a Thanksgiving Psalm where David is thanking God for parting the heavens and coming down to save him. The difference between that and Psalm 144 is this is a lament. And so he's, he's asking God to come down from the heavens to rescue him. He's wanting him to do that. He's not necessarily thanking him, as he did in Psalm 18, but instead it's this plea of his heart where he's in this place of desperation. And he, he wants him not to just come down from heaven, but he wants him to come down as the warrior that he is. And you can sense some of this, again, this war imagery where he asks for the mountains to smoke. And that's some of the volcano imagery that we see. And he's asking God to send his lightning, which is some of this storming God anger imagery. And he's asking God to shoot his arrows, which again is this divine warrior imagery. And he's asking God to do all this because he wants the enemy to scatter at the hand of God. And so these descriptions are suggesting this idea of God swooping down on this chariot to to extinguish the enemy with his arrows the lightning and reaching out his hand to save the psalmist and to save the the kingdom that he is representing and so the mighty waters we know from studying the psalms that that's talking about the waters of chaos and that often it suggests evil and he's going back to this other ancient near eastern concept where there's the remember Israel was in the middle of the greater Mesopotamia area and surrounding them, there was these ancient Near Eastern religions with all these other locations. And in the midst of that, we see this God who is a creator, Yahweh, and the creator God defeats all other gods. But That those waters, those waters of chaos are representing these evil human enemies that are coming after David or David's kingdom, these foreigners. And there's this threat to God's people and their stability. The next section, verses 9 through 11, talks about a new song. And a new song is essentially a hymn of victory. And so when God parts the heavens to rescue David, then he responds by singing praises to God as this divine warrior that is acting on his behalf. And so we see through this passage how God gives victory to kings, in particular to David. And of course, he's also the composer of this psalm. But after all, David is the king that God chose because of his heart. We read about that in 1 Samuel chapter 16. God is establishing this kingdom of David's descendants. We read about that in 2 Samuel 7. And so David as the psalmist is calling on God to save him from this distress. And he's facing these enemies who are lying to him or coming down on him or he's facing with with him. And this unique relationship between David and God is again revealed in this confidence that he has this hymn of victory. The ending part of the psalm, he's still under attack. David and his community are under attack, and he's calling on God to intervene, and not just intervene, but establish peace by destroying the enemy. And once God has done all of that, their situation will be a lot different. It will actually, will be changed drastically. And because of that change, because of that peace, they will be blessed. And so we see that, you know, God's designed for humanity. We were created and placed in a blessed condition. We see that all the way back in Genesis. And it was the fall that fractured that relationship with God and removed us from that peaceful, blessed state. And so God sought to restore that blessing through this covenant with Abraham. We read about that again in Genesis. And the blessing in the Old Testament begins with this peaceful harmony relationship with God, which leads to peace in our relationships with each other in community. And that also means that These families that are in these communities can be productive. It says our sons in in their youth will be like well-nurtured plants, and they will be dignified and beautiful with the reference to the daughters. The daughters will be like pillars and adorn a palace. They will not be in this place of war. They will not be in this place where they are facing this constantly. Instead, they will have plenty of food. They will have peace. And overall, if we look at the similarity between Psalm 18 and Psalm 144, when we look at Psalm 18, we see this prayer of thanksgiving and this thanking of God for intervening as this warrior in the middle of this conflict. And Psalm 18 can be a model prayer for the believer who is going through some sort of spiritual battle. In Psalm 144, which calls on God to come and save from heaven, it can also be used as a prayer for Christians that are suffering with even just the everyday struggles of life and their need for God as their protector. I think sometimes we forget that even though David is talking about literal war, we are always in a spiritual battle. We are always at war in a spiritual battle. So whether it is our finances or our job, or our relationships. It doesn't necessarily have to mean a physical battle. But what we recognize is that in the middle of all those things, we have a God that serves as our protector. We have a God who longs to restore us into that state of peace. Peace with God, peace with each other, peace in our communities. So given that insight, I'm going to go back and reread Psalm 144, starting at verse 1. Verse Praise be to the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. He is my loving God and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield in whom I take refuge, who subdues peoples under me. Lord, what are human beings that you care for them, mere mortals that you think of them? They are like a breath, their days are like a fleeting shadow. Part your heavens, Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains so that they smoke. Send forth lightning and scatter the enemy. Shoot your arrows and rob them. Reach down your hand from on high. Deliver me and rescue me from the mighty waters, from the hands of the foreigners whose mouths are full of lies, whose right hands are deceitful. I will sing a new song to you, my God. On the 10 string lyre, I will make music to you, to the one who gives victory to kings, who delivers his servant David from the deadly sword. Deliver me, rescue me from the hands of foreigners whose mouths are full of lies, whose right hands are deceitful. Then our sons in their youth will be like well-nurtured plants, and our daughters will be like pillars carved to adorn a palace. Our barns will be filled with every kind of provision. Our sheep will increase by thousands, by tens of thousands in our fields. Our oxen will draw heavy loads. There will be no breaching of walls, no going into captivity, no cry of distress in our streets. Blessed is the people of whom this is true. Blessed is the people whose God is the Lord. Father God, we come to you as a people who bow our heads and our hearts, yielding to you asking you to come down lord as our protector in those moments where we are facing a battle whether it is an actual battle a spiritual battle an emotional battle a battle in our relationships or our finances or situations god we ask that you would rule and reign and separate the waters and come down from on high to defend us father god we thank you that you long to have that kind of relationship with us and who are we as mere mortals yet you still long to pursue us in relationship we are a blessed people because you are our lord god i pray for my friends today that have either just come out of a battle or that will eventually be headed into a battle god may they remember the words of this psalm as they turn to you in their distress we thank you and praise you in all things amen i know you've been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from god and wondering if it's your own voice listen i know i've been there myself